0: entitled the broken record (laughs) the broken record and we're starting a new series called metamorphosis metamorphosis and this is the way of transformation and in the weeks before this i've been touching on this talking about this and now i really want to develop it some more and it's something that god's put on my heart the way of transformation. So we are going to pray, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different this morning. And as we read our opening text, if we can all stand, as we read the opening text of Scripture, if we can all stand in honor of God's Word, and then I'm going to read, and then we're going to pray. So if we can all stand in honor of of God's Word as we read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Not that if you sit, you're not honoring God's Word. It's something that is on my heart. So let me read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service, of worship, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, amen, amen. and let's put our hands on our hearts before we sit down and pray this with me, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. Set, a fire set a fire in my heart. The fire of your word. word. And sometimes in Bible school we do this. Let's put our hands on our heads. Dear Jesus, Jesus, this morning, morning, renew my mind. mind. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. And I pray, Father, that you would kiss this word, that you would make it alive to, to us, that it would be at work in our lives, that whatever we're thinking about, We will put it aside to take in your word and to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So the theme of this morning, the theme of this morning is this. The voice of God transforms you when heard and heeded. The voice of God transforms you when heard and heeded. Moses has something stuck in his head, and he can't seem to get rid of it. It plays like a broken record, repeating the same phrase over and over. Listen to Exodus 4.10, 6.12, and 6.30. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in the time past nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And then later on, chapter 6, Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. This is Moses speaking. Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled in speech. And then later in verse 30, it's repeated. Behold, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? And you can remember also what Moses said in Exodus 3.11. God was calling Moses to this great work. And Moses said, says, who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh. And that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. And then we see this uh, repeated also in Chapter 4, verse 1. So I want you to hear Moses saying this over and over. Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So over and over, Moses is saying the same things. However, God's voice says something different. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And in this whole story, what the voice of God is doing, what God is doing and speaking to Moses is for Moses to get his Eyes off of himself, his focus off of himself and onto the Lord and his greatness and his omnipotence and his goodness. But Moses, of course, has his eyes transfixed on himself. Now, the message is entitled The Broken Record, and for some of you who have not heard of records before, I brought one just in case. This is a record, I found this uh, in our collection that um, Anna's father gladly gifted us with many years ago. This is Keith Green, I only want to see you there. Keith Green sadly died early, and, um, but he had such a passion for the Lord and he has a great biography, No Compromise, and his music still speaks today. But this is what a record looks like, kids. This is what a record looks like. <laughs> and, and Yeah. So what's a broken look record look like? Well, a broken record is, is this, and you might have experienced this. What can happen is a scratch gets on a record, or somehow it gets damaged or some dirt inside, and then the same phrase plays over and over. It may say, I don't like you. 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 I I don't like you. And it gets stuck and stuck in one spot. It never progresses. It never goes forward. It keeps on looping around that same phrase, that same thought. And this is what's happening with Moses. He gets stuck in this thinking of, I'm slow of speech. I'm not eloquent. I'm unskilled in speaking. My, My lips are unskilled. Literally, the words are, I'm of uncircumcised lips. And he keeps on repeating this over and over. Now, my first point is this. You will be transformed when you listen to God's voice above your voice and the voices of doubt, discouragement, and fear. You will be transformed when you listen to God's voice above your voice and the voices of doubt, discouragement, and fear. So Moses is listening to his own voice in his head, and he keeps on speaking that to God. He's also listening to the voice of the crowd of Israelites who, who are so discouraged because Pharaoh made their work harder when we thought and he thought that they would be set free because God sent him. Pharaoh made at first the work harder. So he's listening to the voice of the people and he's listening to the voice of himself. And remember, Moses has a story of rejection where he had to flee Pharaoh's house. He murdered one of the Egyptians. He was uh, rejected by his own people, Egypt, and then he's being rejected by the Israelites. So he has rejection from all around. He has a painful past. He does not feel worthy, and yet God has chosen him. And he needs to get out of his head that record that's broken, that voice that keeps on repeating himself to him, but it's not God's voice. Moses reminds me of a prickly and poisonous caterpillar. Some caterpillars are spiky and poisonous to keep predators away. Other caterpillars emit a foul odor. Even some vomit on their prey. It's their defense system. And Moses also has this defense system or his own defense system against God and against God's call It's full of words like never, I am slow of speech, not, I am unskilled. And behind these words, you hear Moses saying, I can't, it's impossible, I'm incompetent, and I'm not worthy. Moses is using his defense system to ward off God, but God eventually breaks through. And the more Yahweh speaks to him, the more Moses becomes a different person. He becomes God's man. Now, the voice of God is being spoken to him, but he's not hearing it fully. He's only hearing it halfway. And we are really hearing God when we heed what he says. What if Moses actually started to meditate on what God said? God's voice said to his, all his excuses, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And then going on from there, God says, now then go. Go. I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. But at this point, he's still fighting. But he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. (laughs) Well, God willed Moses. But Moses is trying to get out of it. And he's not really hearing the voice of God. He's only hearing the voice of God halfway. And that's the mistake that we often make, is we're only hearing God halfway halfway or partially. We're not allowing the voice of God to sink into our heart and our mind. And as we read in our opening scripture, how are we transformed? We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how are our minds renewed? They're They're renewed by hearing the voice of God so that in our minds, instead of our thoughts, it's His thoughts. And what He says And this is what transforms us. This is the way of transformation. Through our defense system, we push God away with words like, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. Find someone else. But in these end times, God has chosen you to set captives free. Just like he chose Moses. So this is not a time where we can pass the buck, as they say. Where we can say, Lord, send somebody else because we're few enough as it is. And God is saying, Davina, I have chosen you. Jeanette, I have chosen you. Lizzie, I have chosen you. Gideon, I have chosen you. Lamy, I have chosen you. (laughs) Amen. And everybody else. Though the ones that I didn't mention... Pray a little bit more now. (laughs) I'm just joking. If you're here, you've been chosen by God. You know that you have been. God has chosen us to set the captives free. God had chosen Moses to set the captives free. But before he can set the captives free, he himself must be transformed. He must listen to the voice of God. And in order for us to transform the world, we ourselves have to be transformed. The transformation, the transformation begins with you, with me, with us. And then it flows out into the world. Because listen, Pharaoh is not going to give up the captives easy. It's going to be a battle. And for Moses, it was a battle over and over and over. And if he didn't listen to the voice of. God, after the first, the second, the third resistance, he he would have given up, but he had to persist in resisting what Pharaoh's desires were in order for God's desires. The key to being transformed and transforming others is letting God renew your mind with his words. Now look at the power of God's word in Psalm 29, and it was beautiful that Anna opened up with Psalm 29, and also uh, many of the songs this morning were reminding us of the things that we're talking about, but we did not uh, calculate this together. Look at how powerful God's voice is in verse 3 of Psalm 29, and it's the 29th today, August 29th. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forests bare. And in his temple, everything says, Glory. Let's all say that together. Glory. Let's say that with some enthusiasm. Glory. And in his temple, everything says glory. God's words are words of faith and trust. And we know that faith comes from hearing, and hearing by hearing the word of Christ, hearing the message of Christ. God's words are words of faith and trust. God's words are creative and transformative. God's words are light in our darkness. God's words are like honey in our bitter circumstances. God's words get our eyes off of ourselves and onto him. And that was the big thing that Moses needed to learn, to get his eyes off of himself and his own unskilledness, incompetence, Get his eyes off of himself and onto the Lord. So this brings us to point two, and there's three points in this message. And I made uh, before I get to point two, I made a new infographic which we'll get to at the end. It's like a takeaway for today. If you're at home, you can see it here. It's how to hear God's voice, how to hear God's voice. And we'll just look at some of it at the end. The message is a little bit different, but this uh, infographic that I made this week ties into the message, How to Hear God's Voice, Seven Nuggets of Wisdom for Courageous and Dynamic Relationship with God. And you can find it on brisbanefire.com slash infographics, and it's there. And if you get the notes to this, there's a link from the notes to there, if you have trouble finding it. But you shouldn't. It's right there on brisbanefire.com. This brings us to point two. It's time to break the broken record of unbiblical thinking. It's time to break the broken record of unbiblical thinking. And we're coming back here to Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or test what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect or complete, telios, in the Greek. So it's time to break, break this broken record. Of unbiblical thinking, God wants to record, R-E-Dash cord. God wants to record your life with the three-strand cord of faith, hope, and love. And recently, Daniel preached about us seeing. Daniel Hank preached about us seeing with the eyes of faith hope, and love. And God wants to weave this, uh, these elements of who he is, his faith, his hope, and love into us. He wants to record our lives so they reflect his faith, his hope, and his love. I learned the value of records as a DJ. So some of you know my story. Every week I would save up money for my little business, and I would take my money and I would go to the record store. And there I would go searching and hunting for records, vinyl records, they're also called 12 inches, uh, because they're 12 inches in diameter, diameter. You also have seven inch records too. And I built up a, a big collection of records over the years of uh, of about oh, about twelve crates, big crates, big milk crates, not the small milk crates of today, but big m- big uh, milk crates of records. And if I was doing a DJ gig, I would carry this big. They call it a coffin with the two taint- two turntables in it and a mixer, and it was big and. Uh, they were, we talked about the Irish Coffee Pub in Long Island. They, when we went there um, a few years back, they were saying, oh, we remember when we were carrying all the records when you were doing a gig out there and we would carry this big thing and carry all these records uh, doing a gig. Now of course you can fit all that information on a little tiny chip, but it doesn't replace the, the warmth of the analog audio. So there's a certain warmth of and sound that is unique and can be heard by the distinguishing ear of the analog record. But that's not what this point is about. I collected all these records. And since I paid for these records myself, I handled them with care. Bless you, Joseph. (laughs) He's okay. Because I paid for these records myself, I handled them with care. I wouldn't let just anyone use my records. I guarded them. And why not? Because they may damage them, they may scratch them, they may ruin them, and they cost me and I value them. I especially didn't want them to get scratched or damaged or become broken. When you put your life in Jesus' hands, he will care for you. And why does he care for you? Because he purchased you with his life, his very life, his blood. And so you're valuable to him. And so he's going to guard you. He's going to protect you, just like I protected my records so that they wouldn't get broken. And with Jesus, he, he takes our lives, and he actually has the power to transform them so they're not broken anymore. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you've heard this before. For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. You've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. And just before that, it says you are not your own. So you're under the ownership of Jesus. You're owned by him. And so because you've been bought with a price, because he owns you, It's saying glorify God with your body. And also, I want to bring out that he is caring for you. He's looking out for you. He does not want you to be damaged. Jesus will keep the record of your life playing till the end. It won't get stuck on some sad phrase. And so here, if. With records, of course, you start from the outside, and the more it turns, the more it goes to the inside. And the more we are walking with God, we should be getting closer and closer to the center, to the heart of God, just like a needle will go from the outward into the inward. But if you let Jesus look after your life, he's not going to get you stuck on some sad phrase like, my dog died. My wife left me. My socks got lost in the dryer. <laughs> and sometimes we have, we have something playing over and over, like, Brother Joe, he hurt, my, he hurt me. And it goes over and over and over. Joe hurt me. Joe hurt me. I, I say Joe because there's no Joes here, except wow. little Joseph. And, of course, he couldn't hurt anybody. So I'm choosing my words carefully. And it just plays over and over and over. Joe's forsaking me. Joe's hurting me. This happened to me. I was rejected here. Or it could be our own sins playing over and over. I did this. 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 And the Lord wants your life to move on. And he wants to heal that part. So how do we break this unbiblical thinking? How do we get God's voice in our head? Now, we looked at the caterpillar before. The reason why I use the caterpillar analogy is because the caterpillar is going to go through a metamorphosis. A caterpillar is going to be transformed. Some caterpillars turn into butterflies. Other caterpillars turn into moths. But there's a transformation from this ugly caterpillar into something that's beautiful and able to fly. But how does that caterpillar come into that chrysalis stage or that cocoon stage? How does it come into that? It has to eat. And it has to eat and eat and eat and eat. And so there's this story, the children's book, The Hungry Caterpillar. Have you heard of it before? And the caterpillar keeps eating and eating. It's by Eric Carl. And the caterpillar keeps on eating and eating and eating. But it starts to eat some junk food. And then it starts to feel really sick. It's very hungry, but it starts to eat the wrong food. It starts to eat junk food. And then it gets quite sick. And we have to watch out for that, that we're in our hunger. We're not eating junk food. We're eating real food. So I want to encourage you to keep eating like the hungry caterpillar, but eat the right food. So what's the right thing to feed on? If you've been here for a while, you should know. Feed on the scripture, God's written word, and feed and feed and feed on it. And you might be at that stage right now where you're using all your defense system, this, you're, all your defense systems, and you're emitting you're foul odors to scare people away, and you're a bit prickly and poisonous. You may be in that, but the more you eat God's word, the more you're getting closer to that chrysalis, that cocoon where the transformation is going to start to take place, the metamorphosis is going to happen. Feeding on God's Word involves reading, hearing, but it's more than that. It's more than reading and hearing, but that's the beginning. Reading and hearing is the beginning. And Moses is at that beginning of that phase of hearing, but he needs to digest it. And you can see at first... He is deflecting it rather than digesting it. How do we digest God's word? It's something that we mentioned a few weeks ago, but we digest God's word by meditating, studying, praying, repenting, and living out the word. Let me mention those again, and I made an infographic about it a few weeks back, how to digest God's word, and you can find it on brisbanefire.com infographics page as well. You're welcome. And God has, God has given me grace to do it. That's why I'm doing it. And I feel like what I'm doing or what I sense is there's this great harvest coming. We're going to need the tools. So I'm trying to give simple tools to put in your hands and that you can use them right now as well for yourself and for your family and for others. There. Simple tools and the graphic and visual so that they can be engaging. So you digest God's word by meditating. That's like chewing on it and studying it, praying it. That's like swallowing it. And when you're repenting, it's starting to get into your bloodstream. Repenting is where you start to turn from your way of thinking. Uh, No, I'm not slow of speech. Or I may be slow of speech, but God, if you help me, I'll be able to speak with authority and power. I may be unworthy, but Lord, you make me worthy. You empower me. My focus is on you, and I'm going to step out, encourage, encourage because I have your word. Your word is strengthening me. And each one of us. We need this, and I have been teaching the Word of God for over 22 years in Australia, and before that I was doing it in America, and I still need to repent. (laughs) And I still need to hear God's voice every day, and I'm still struggling with my own thoughts at times. Yet, I'm living a life of devotion to God. So it doesn't matter what stage you are in your life. You need God's voice, and you need God's voice over and over and over again. That's how the transformation happens. And you know you have digested the word of God when you start living it out, when you're heeding it, when you're not just hearing it with your outward ear, but you are hearing with your life. And as we learned in Bible school, the word Shema, you can say that with me, Shema. Shema Shema is hear in Hebrew or listen, but it's also obey. Because in the Hebrew mind, to 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 hear and obey were one. So one who heard was one who obeyed. Now, why do I say feast on the scripture, eat the scripture? Because scripture scripture records God's tested and tried voice, his perfect words. So we may try to hear God outside of Scripture, but we can get it wrong. Can it, does anybody have the humility to admit that? We can get it wrong we if we just focus on hearing god in dreams and visions and impressions we can get it wrong god can speak through dreams visions impressions but how we get to know god's word is perfect trusted tried word is through the scripture it's the primary way to learn to hear god's voice is through scripture Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. And this is what Peter is talking about. And, he, and here he focuses on the Mount of Transfiguration. And someone said, by the Holy Spirit, and amen, by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Otherwise, we will distort the truth. So we don't want to distort the truth. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. That's when he was transfigured, transformed, metamorphosized. Verse 19, so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. And here he's talking about the, the Scriptures. Which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And so what we have in the Scripture is something that is tested and tried, and we can go to many other Scriptures, but something that is tested and tried, and we know God is speaking. So again, the primary way to learn to hear God's voice is through Scripture. This brings us to our third And last point, but I'm going to go now to, before I get there, I'm going to go to the infographic that I just made, how to hear God's voice. And at the top, it's the words that Eli was teaching Samuel to hear God's voice. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And in that short verse, there's such depth and power and life to learn how to hear from God. Speak for your servant is listening. And we know Samuel was a little child at the time. So my first point in this how to hear God's voice is come like a child to your father with hunger and humility. How do we hear God's voice? Come like a child to your father with hunger and Humility. And notice how Joseph was up here. I didn't send him away. Why? Because of this verse. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, I'm not Jesus. so I don't want you to get (laughs) mixed up there. I'm sure you're not going to get mixed up. (laughs) But we are to be, but Christ lives in us. Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. One of the greatest hindrances to us hearing God's voice is pride. And that's when you, st- when you start reading the Scripture, and it's with the lens of pride, and I know it all, and my knowledge is better than other, another, another person's knowledge. That's when you stop hearing God's voice, and the Word of God gets distorted. But when you come to Scripture with humility... With hunger and saying, Lord, teach me. I'm hungry. This is when God begins to speak. The next point here is what I've been saying throughout this message is open Scripture and read with a listening heart. Open Scripture and read with a listening heart. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so one of the problems we can run into is we're trying to hear God outside of Scripture. And I just want to let you know God speaks everywhere. You can be in the bathroom, and the Scripture is, is not open, and God could be speaking to you. God could speak to you in the car. God could speak to you at night. But how you get to know God's voice is through His Scripture. And also, when you start to feast on this, the Holy Spirit is going to use these words to speak to you. And it's going to keep you on God's straight path, and it's going to keep the Word of God from becoming distorted. So I really want to advocate feasting on the Word, eating the Scripture living a life where the Scripture is constantly open, where you're meditating on the Scripture day and night. And this is the last thing I'll read from this infographic, and then we'll go back to the message. This is a little commercial break. And that is, understand that Jesus yearns to speak with you. He yearns to speak with you. The verse here is, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. And here it is, the shepherd is. He speaks. The father wants to speak. He longs to speak. So understand that Jesus yearns to speak with you. And he wants to speak your name. Remember the story of Moses in the beginning. It's God calling Moses' name. Moshe, Moshe. That's the Hebrew Moshe, Moshe. And have you heard God speak your name? It's one of the things you want to listen for. Nathaniel, Nathaniel. Amanda, Amanda. <laughs> Anne, Anne. Practice listening to God speaking your name, and He wants to speak to us. He wants to feed us. He's our shepherd. He's our father. And this is the only way we're going to make it in these times of chaos. Because God's word takes the chaos and brings order to it. So this brings us to the third point. The third point and last point is you will break through bondage when you break the broken record of lies and listen to the perfect record of God's word. You will break through bondage when you break the broken record of lies and listen to the perfect record of God's word. And we started to read 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 before. All scripture is inspired by God. God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. We need to be open to the voice of the Lord also correcting us. The voice of God does correct us. And the pastor and a preacher's job is not to affirm your beliefs, but to actually upset some of your beliefs. To affirm what you believe that's biblical, but also We're not here to scratch your itching ears. Now, if you have an itch on your back and someone comes up and scratches your back, it feels good. And that's where a lot of people are going to churches and they're looking for pastors that make them feel good. They're looking for something that scratches their itching ears. (laughs) Now, some things are going to feel good because God's word is comforting. But also, it's going to challenge you. It's going to upset you. It's going to bother you. There should be some type of a battle going on inside. And that's because God's word r- reproves us and trains us. And nobody went to training and always felt good. When you're training, your muscles are hurting, well, the trainer keeps on saying, do it again, do it again. And pastor keeps on saying, read the word, read the word, feast on the word. He keeps on saying the same thing over and over again. And I'm going to say it to the day I die. <laughs> because it's the word of God that is our life. It brings the transformation to us. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God or the woman of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The idea is being well-equipped, equipped equipped for every good work. Amen. Amen. We're almost near the end here. So what's essential is hearing God's voice in Scripture and heeding his voice, which means actually doing what it says. It says in Genesis twenty-two eighteen that Abraham was blessed because he obeyed God's voice. He was blessed because he obeyed God's voice. And then in Exodus 5, 2, on the other hand, it says Pharaoh clearly resisted God's voice. He said, who who is Yahweh? Who is Yahweh that uh, I know him and I'm going to obey his voice? I want you to see that. I want you to see Pharaoh's attitude and let it not be your attitude when it comes to God's word. Exodus 5.2. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord or who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? That I should obey him, that I should obey his voice. Now, when you let God change your mindset, you break records. Things that the world thought were impossible become possible. There's a classic illustration of this, and it has to do with the breaking of the record of the four minute mile. You may have heard this story. In Oxford, England, a 25-year-old medical student, Roger Bannister, cracks track and field's most notorious barrier, the four-minute mile. Before he did that, everybody thought it was impossible to crack the four-minute mile, to run the mile in under four minutes. But Bannister set his, his mind and his heart to break the record, to do the impossible. He won the mile race. Uh, this was when he was uh, running for the Amateur Athletic Association against his Alamada, Oxford University. He won the mile race in a time of three minutes and 59.4 seconds. So just he, he just did it. <laughs> Three minutes, fifty-nine point four seconds. And so, for years, so many athletes had tried and failed to run a mile in less than four minutes that people made it out to be physically impossible, or physical impossibility. This is taken from history.com. It's a reputable, uh, reputable, reputable website. And when you're finding information, please go to reputable websites. The world record for a mile was 4 minutes and 1.3 seconds, set by Gunder Hag of Sweden in 1945. However, once this young man, Roger Bannister, broke the record, other people began to break the record. So now he breaks the record, the mindset has changed, and now it becomes the new norm to run the mile under... Four minutes. And the latest record is by a Moroccan, uh, Hicham El-Girouj. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But he's got the fastest mile of 3 minutes and 43.13 seconds. Three minutes, 43.13 seconds. Today, God is looking for those who will break records, who will bring breakthrough. We're used to it saying, we're used to it being said in Australia, "Oh, the people are so hard, and the gospel doesn't. People don't listen to the gospel, not many people get saved, but we are the people called by God to break through in that area that this nation becomes a fertile harvest field where everybody starts to look at Australia and say, why is the church growing so rapidly? The only way it's going to start really growing rapidly is as we get back to this book. There is no other way. There is no other way for breakthrough. There's no other way for transformation. Our minds must be renewed by the Scripture. And so God is raising up a people who break records, who do the impossible. Amen? Let's, let's all stand, and we're going to pray. So this week, value God's voice above every other voice. There's a lot of voices out there, a lot of voices. But I want to encourage you to value God's voice above every other voice and value those who are speaking God's word authentically. It's only the Lord's voice that has power to transform us into the image and likeness of Jesus. It's only the Lord's voice that has the power to transform us into the image and likeness of Jesus. And so, Lord, we bring all these things before you. Make us hungry, Lord, like these caterpillars. Help us to be eating the right thing. Let us value your voice. And as we open your word, let us hear your voice through the scripture. And Lord, let us hear your voice throughout the day and even in our night hours. We're asking that your voice invades every area and place of our life that every place that is dark, your light would invade and come into, and that our minds would be renewed, and we would think according to your word, and we would learn from Moses. He became a great and powerful man because he heard your voice over and over again, and you persisted with him. You didn't say, oh, he resisted me at first, so I'm going to give up, but you saw You saw what was in his heart. Let us be those who obey your voice, to obey your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Your love, Lord. Your love is better than anything this world can offer. And today, in Jesus' name, we pray for whatever is being repeated, whatever phrase is being repeated in our head, saying it's too difficult, saying it's impossible, focusing on something that's not your voice, and it's replaying over and over. We pray in Jesus' name that those would be removed, those ruts of thinking wherever our thinking is not in alignment with scripture renew our minds Lord thank you Jesus we need you Lord we need your voice you speak today you move today you're the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. You transform us and heal us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to uh, let Anna play, and I'll encourage you to worship. But I want to—if you want prayer um, for God to renew your mind, if you want prayer for this. Um, I felt to open it up for a time of prayer. And if you don't want to be seen on the camera, come over here. <laughs> we'll move that on to Anna. You can come over here. And I, I'm going to pray. It's not The prayer is not to receive a prophetic word. It's just to pray that God renews your mind. And so if you want prayer in that area, you can come forward. And I'm going to be anointing with oil and praying for you in that area.